Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the nation and around the globe. I am your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Robertson, and this is Beacon Podcast, Beacon News Podcast. Got it wrong already. <laughs> it's been a day, guys. I don't know if my viewing audience can tell, but I've been in the sun all day long. Took my kids swimming, laid on my inflatable flamingo and chilled contemplated things in life things in the news which we're going to get into soon um thank you for joining me i welcome you i appreciate you tuning in once again we're going to start out with some informational things and then we're going to get into some philosophical talks um so at the onset of this i just want to say once again that i am still offering the um a the q r h t healing technique on my website it's a regression therapy for healing any type of modality whether it's addiction emotional uh, physical traumas spiritual trauma uh, mental trauma. I've had such great success with doing this with my clients and my clients are obviously the ones with the real success here, um, which was the whole point and mission of me creating this particular type of regression. Um, I just want to briefly give you a little uh, tidbit of information of why I pursued this particular technique. Um, I have people that I love very much that are addicted and that are struggling to break that addiction. I have people in my life who have pain, physical pain in their bodies, whether it be from nerve damage, um, wrecked bones, or something within their body system, their, their organs that isn't functioning properly. I have people personally in my family and friends circles that I love and care for very much who suffer from mental trauma, emotional trauma, physical abuses, traumas. And I wanted something that I could go to each individual, uniquely troubled individual and be able to use this almost one-size-fits-all type regression. You know, we've heard of past life regression. We've heard of um, being regressed to rid you of your addictions, whether it be smoking cigarettes or something far worse. Um, there's many reasons to be regressed, to be hypnotized. I wanted something that would be so big, so powerful, so all-encompassing that I could use it for anyone regardless of their category because each category is going to have its own uh, list of itinerary, right? No two people are ever going to be the same in their troubles. And so I wanted something that was uh, all-encompassing that could really, truly help heal everyone. Because my mission is to heal the world, one soul at a time. And my mission as well is to teach others how to do this very same work that I'm doing and to be the very same uh, type of light that I know how to be and am. And so I uh, encourage you, go to the website, sign up for the regression. It's really having great success with people three days five days six days ten days later still feeling the same you know i just started it like two weeks ago so um we're not going we've not got that much data on it yet but i'm keeping track of everyone that is receiving this therapy and how well their progress um, is maintained and continued and they're doing fabulous every one of them i mean there's not one single issue with any of them in their particular needs 
um, that we address in the therapy. And so I just encourage all of you to take advantage of this while it's free. Um, and let's get this done because we've got work to do for other things, which is what I'm going to be talking about here in just a little while. Um, before, so go to the website, you know, the, you know, the link and it'll be down below. And before we get into the rest of our um, discussion for the evening, I want to real quick bring you some more information about um, very beneficial uses and applications of vinegar. Um, I did a show on this recently with different uh, household herbals and, and things that you could use for pests and, you know, various different reasons. But vinegar is one of my favorite go-tos. And so I want to just um, touch on a few more very effective beneficial ways to use vinegar in place of using uh, chemical cleaners or other types of chemicals, okay? So with white vinegar, you can clean your outdoor furniture and completely um, sanitize it. With using white vinegar, you can use it diluted with water or straight. Uh, you can also use it as a weed killer to get rid of the weeds rather than using actual chemicals that are weed killer. It may take two applications of it, but it will kill your weeds and it will kill your good plants too, so don't spray it on them. Um, it's also very good to germinate seeds. If you're having trouble with getting your seeds to germinate, if you just soak the seeds in some vinegar before you plant them, um, they will already be opening up and starting to sprout before you can get them in the ground. You just need to soak them for a few days. It's a really simple process. Um, also, it's a great deterrent to keep animals away from your plants, whether it's flowers or your garden stuff. And I'm talking cats, dogs, moles, rabbits, deer, the whole nine yards. You can keep all of the animals out of your plants if you simply just soak um, a sponge and put it in a dish or anything that would absorb quite a bit of the vinegar and just set it near your plants or um, in all four corners of your garden. Great animal deterrent. It's also very good keeping flies away, which I think I did mention in the previous show on the herbals, but I want to reiterate that. It's very, very effective for keeping the flies away. It's also really great to clean rust off of your tools and mineral buildup off of your like terracotta plant pots. It's really great for that. And all you have to do is soak your stuff in pure vinegar for a couple of hours or overnight and that it'll wipe right down and clean them right up. It's also a great thing to use for fresh cut flowers that you want to bring in the house and put in a vase. If you just put like uh, two tablespoons of vinegar plus two tablespoons of sugar into a liter of water into your vase, your fresh cut flowers will stay beautiful and vibrant for weeks. Of course, change your water if it, you know, needs changed. <coughs> Excuse me. It's also a really great way to keep slugs and snails out of your uh, flowers in your gardens. And in that form, you would put it into a bottle, uh, two parts water, one part vinegar, and just spray it around your plants, just around the, you know, on the ground, around the stems of your plants. It's also a great way to eliminate fungus and mold, whether that's in the soil of your plants in your pots, or in your uh, home itself. Like if you've got mold and mildew growing around your bathtub or your sink or your toilet, spray the vinegar spray. Same mixture I just told you about the slugs and the snails. Spray that around, let it soak in for a little while, wipe it off with a rag and it'll be gone. It'll be totally gone. It's also great for spraying on your tree trunks. Like if you've got some little prized tree that has a fungus growing up the side of it before it wreaks havoc on your tree, spray the vinegar solution spray on your tree. On the trunk, it won't hurt. Uh, 
It's also really great for cleaning berry stains off of your hands and anything sticky like sticky paper, um, fly tape, a lot of people use that fly tape that's real sticky. And if you've got that kind of stuff on you, it'll clean that right off. It's also really great for removing tape residue from things, um, just like a paper towel with pure vinegar on it will um, wipe away all that extra tape residue that's left behind when you've removed tape. Um, what else? Okay, so anywhere that bacteria or algae or mold or fungus grow, vinegar is a good user for killing those things, for removing them. Um, you can use it to clean your fresh vegetables, like when you buy your produce at the grocery store and like your lettuces, you know, especially the romaine, they tell you to wash it really well. If you just soak it in a little bit of vinegar and water in your sink and then give it a good rinse, drain it off and it's good to go. There are no uh, bacteria on it or dirt after you use the vinegar. Just soak it for a little bit before you rinse it and then it's ready to eat perfectly safe. So those are a few extra things about vinegar that I wanted you um, to be aware of because it's really great to be able to use um, as little chemicals as possible, obviously, you know, and so we need to have that knowledge. We need to have that wisdom. And um, I have a lot of that kind of wisdom. So I'm going to be plugging that into the shows here and there and sometimes do whole shows on that topic so that you all can learn really great uh, all natural ways to keep things clean and fresh and healthy and safe for you, your kids and the pets, right? And the planet. <laughs> um, and I just thought of something else too as I was talking, that's why I kind of slowed down my talking because I was thinking too, Vinegar is also really great to use in a spray, like a spray bottle for um, stains on your clothes. Instead of buying like spray and wash, you can spray the vinegar solution on the stain and it'll take it right out. It doesn't fade the color. It doesn't alter the color in any way, shape or form. It just lifts the stains. Also great for using on cleaning your carpets. Um, so is peroxide. Peroxide's really good for carpet cleaning you know, to lift stains and remove them. I love both of those for cleaning the carpets. Okay, so today I want to talk about thought. We're going to be thinking about thought <laughs> and discussing it. Um, this is a kind of a big thing for me that people understand the thought process and understand how to mind your thoughts, right? And uh, Einstein, I'm going to quote him again, that favorite saying that he has, um, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. The logical mind is its faithful servant. Yet we've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. We don't listen to intuition anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We're not taught to. In fact, we're taught completely the opposite, to ignore it, dismiss it. It's not important. It's not real. It's not tangible. You should listen to your logical mind instead, is what we're taught. But the logical mind is there to balance and enhance the intuition not be the leader and be in the forefront. And so in order to understand that, we have to discuss that further for you to really be able to grasp what I mean by that. So let's begin with talking about failing or losing. Losing is a form of learning. It's necessary for us to lose something in order to appreciate and work harder toward a gain, right? 
And what is a gain? A gain is a reward. It's something that we want to acquire. So if we never know what it's like to lose, if we never know what it's like to fail, then do we ever really know what it's like to appreciate or even have the ambition towards acquiring anything? So for a minute, let's think about that. Learning is finding out what you already know. Doing is demonstrating that you know it. And teaching is showing other people what they already know, but have forgotten. So when we look at competition, we should look at it from a higher level of understanding, a higher level of thinking in the respect for a healthy ego. We tend to vilify these words like ego and losing and failing and competition, you know, but if you flip that perspective and you're looking at it from a different side of the coin, if you will, then you understand better that it's necessary to have those things. It's necessary to have an ego, to have that sense of accomplishment. It's necessary to be competitive that gives you the drive to learn something further. And granted, as I just quoted in the little saying about learning, is finding out what you already know, you may be relearning it in a new lifetime. You may already know it on some level, but because you have literally never been taught to embrace that side of you, that part of you, that intuition, you don't know how to trust it. You don't know how to listen to it. You're too busy listening to that logical side of your mind and we need to flip our perspective and go back to walking in faith listening to our intuition which will really uh, honestly never guide us wrong honestly <laughs> and um, you know walking in that faith of it and changing the opinion of I need to see it to believe it to I'm going to believe it in order to see it and we're going to get to more of that in a little while as well. <clears throat> so competition is of the healthy ego. And you know what's healthy about ego and what isn't. If you're cheating to win, you know you're being unfair. Uh, there's no pride in that. There's, there's no honorable pride in that. But there is a such thing as honorable pride. Just like my father taught me not to fear anything, but to also have respectful fear for wild animals, the water, nature, you know, lots of things you should have respectful fear for. And you should have respectful pride in yourself as well. Um, ego is necessary. To, in order to know that you've accomplished something within yourself. And if we all want to improve and grow as souls and human beings, then isn't that a type of competition? Isn't that a type of goal that is to be obtained, gained, acquired, striving for? in order to get to that next level. And it's funny because life and soul growth really is like levels in a game. 
accept their levels of life and soul growth. But we have to learn to, to master each level before we can level up. And if you're lucky and you're observant and you're looking and you're not going too fast through that level of life, you'll see those wonderful little bonus points all over the place that you can collect and take with you to make you stronger and wiser and more agile and better in the game. Win-win. Who wouldn't want that? And we talk often in the spiritual realms, spiritual circles, about how you need to be present in the moment and enjoy it and really observe it, be aware of it. That kind of presence. And in order to slow down, play in the game and learn all that you can and acquire all of the bonus points that you can, you have to be present in each moment. You have to be malleable. You have to be fluid. And you have to be observant. Okay. Um, so some of us can get through each level of the game of life well enough. Um, most of us have to repeat the level of the game at least once to learn that level which is just about repeating the same lesson over in this lifetime before you level up. God knows I'm guilty of that. Hell, some of those lessons I had to learn five, six, 10, 20 times before I got it. But others, I learned right away. We all have our strong suits and we all have our weaknesses and the weaknesses are where we want to improve and strengthen. So as long as you're, you're honest with yourself about where your weaknesses are, then you can, you know, target them, learn more, master them just like the others, right? Which again, goes back to the intuitive mind and the logical mind and allowing them to complement each other instead of working against each other. It's more harmonious that way. So we learn to navigate through each level of the game um, until we get to the end of it and can level up. There are no ribbons or trophies for everyone in that real game of life and soul growth. Not in, not in the sense that we all just get a participation award kind of a thing. Um, we have to strive for what we gain and accomplish in this life. Self-respect, dignity, self-improvement, drive, all are forms of communicate of competition. Communication. <clears throat> oh my goodness. I swear this new moon energy is getting me. But yeah, it's all healthy competition. Um, I also want to talk about going back to the basics, common sense natural law, old ways of doing things before society tainted it all, and how if we went back to doing some of these old ways, we could very simply rewind to the past in order to rewire the way we use our thoughts and the way we use our uh, logical mind and our intuition with or against each other. Because a lot of our elders, a lot of our ancestors, um, indigenous peoples all across the world, they had a way of doing things where they would live in balance with nature. They would listen to nature as they continued to achieve their goals and their means. And they kept it in a very beautiful harmony uh, balance, har harmonious balance. And um, we can do that right now in the modern day without reverting back to having to live the way our elders or our ancestors may have. 
um, by just simply trying to retrain our brain and you know use some of those old ways in our daily life um, action and reaction is one of those things that our elders used uh, very clearly they had a very good grasp on not doing knee-jerk reactions and trying to be compassionate and understanding of other people and their uh, choices you know and I think we need to start trying to do that um, really listen to our own body when we feel anger or sadness or defensiveness or grief and ask ourselves where does that stem from what and not the simple answer I mean go deep you know really go deep and look what is it that triggers this in me what do I need to purge and heal in order to balance within myself and be harmonious and then also when it comes to interactions with others and rather than a knee-jerk response to someone else's nasty behavior maybe we can pause be present in that moment and ask ourselves okay what's going on in this person to make them behave this way and rather than taking it personal really look at them with compassion that for them to act ugly to you to begin with screams that they're in pain internally emotionally mentally that they are troubled whether it be low self-esteem or some kind of traumas from their past past relationships childhood it could be anything you know it, it could be a vet who has uh, mental traumas from being overseas somewhere I mean you just don't ever really know until you walk in their shoes and our elders they used that very respectfully you know don't judge someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes and so rather than adding fuel to the fire and creating more chaos in the world when someone does act nasty to you maybe just step back and be present in the moment and ask yourself you know my goodness what is it that they've went through that they would be this ugly and this vile or vengeful or aggressive or angry or sad or whatever it is you know um be more compassionate about it and if it's not something that you can address with them to where it can um, prevent escalation then just walk away you know just walk away from it don't let it bother you don't take it personally walk away right I mean why add to that fuel yeah you may be a damaged soul too I'm sure you are actually because no one on this planet got off without being jaded in some way shape or form and that's a fact it's a sad fact but it's a fact so if you can't uh, say something that will prevent the escalating of this um, particular event or conversation, just walk away. Just turn that cheek and walk away, you know? And then go ask yourself, you know, contemplate within yourself. What happened? What actions did you actually take or make or choices that were made by you that triggered them because if you figure that out I'm not saying that because it's your fault that they're triggered um, I'm saying I'm not saying it's anybody's fault really I'm saying that if you look at it that way <clears throat> then perhaps you can even more compassionately comprehend or understand on some level at least where they are coming from you know I mean if you've said something about mothers and it triggered them to be angry what issue is it they have with mothers you know there's got to be something there so think of it from a more psychological and compassionate perspective 
rather than doing the knee-jerk reactions where you just throw more fuel on the fire, okay? Um, and if it's you, if it's you that's triggering, you know, ask yourself, what is it within me that created this trigger? What do I need to look at closer and then deal with and release and heal from so that I don't act that way to people? Because none of us really, like we don't wake up in the morning and just decide we're gonna be bitchy. You know, that's not who we are as beings. Overall, we're generally mostly good, the majority of us. We wake up every day that we're alive, hoping it's going to be a good day. You know, hoping something good will come of it. We always do. We, we don't set out to just, you know, be a dick. So, if something triggers you in your day that makes you act like a dick or bitchy, you know, maybe just kind of sit with that for a moment and be present in that moment and ask yourself, what made me do that? You know, be real with you, be raw, be honest. I mean, if you can't be honest with yourself, how can you really honestly expect anybody else to be honest with you? I mean, come on, we have to be able to talk tough love and straight talk to ourselves. You know, we have no problem doing that with other people. Why do we have a problem doing that with ourselves? Well, most of us have no problem with that. At some point in our life, we have no problem to be totally honest with someone else. Um, but then again, too, you know, as far as people that are um, treating you badly, I'm not saying just turn the other cheek and let them treat you poorly either. Not at all. I mean, I teach clear boundaries across the board. There should be clear boundaries. And if someone isn't treating you consistently with respect and love and appreciation and all those things um, and they are consistently treating you poorly then by all means you need to like hashtag walk away for real you know um, leave them in your dust because you're worthy of better you're worthy of more you are enough just the way you are you don't need to change or improve to please others you need to change and improve to please yourself okay <clears throat> but again always try to mind your thoughts use your logical mind to help you to rewire your thoughts and enhance your intuition I'm going to give you some examples of what I mean by rewiring your thoughts because thoughts are multifaceted definitions, right? There's a multi, multi, multitude and plethora. Oh, I was trying to put those two words together. There is a multitude and a plethora of thoughts that funnel through your brain in a day's time. And they're on all kinds of subjects, right? So let's just think about what some of those subjects are where we can try to work with rewiring and minding our thoughts. Let's say your thought process says that because of everything going on in our current affairs, the economy is going to crash, the recession is going to set in, or a depression or worse. And you've got that fear energy going on about that, that worry, that panic, that what if kind of focus on those things, right? Gas prices rising, um, worrying that people are getting by with things continuously that are preposterous, illegal, and heinous to name a few. Um, if you focus on those kinds of things, um, even catastrophes that were happening to the entire planet, right? Um, and we're going to get into this a little deeper here in a minute. But even if you're, like, say it's a biblical prophecy that says that a catastrophe is going to happen. I mean, if you just believe that catastrophe is going to happen, 
if you just believe that economy is going to crash or those gas prices are just going to keep rising, if that's your thoughts, then that's what you're manifesting. You're putting your focused energy, your actionable manifestation energy into that side of that view every time. You know, every time you think those kind of things, you're adding more weight to those skills, right? To give them their their credence and their creation. So flip that perspective and speak more mindfully. Think more mindfully about our current situations and everything. Um, rather than, oh, the economy's gonna crash. How about, and I'm just throwing this out here as an example. How about, oh, well, the economy has to crash first in order for us to rebuild on a new system that's, I don't know, say backed by gold again. And, you know, everybody's debt will be forgiven. We'll redo all the paperwork. There's gonna have to be done fairly and squarely and we'll get a clean break. Let's focus on that kind of energy rather than on the negative aspects of the economy crashing, the economy crashing, the economy crashing, right? Instead of gas prices are going up, 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 up. How about we think about how because of this happening, other things can happen that are more beneficial to us. Just like with uh, coronavirus, you know, they escalated the fear of coronavirus there were so many blessings that came from the world having to stop because of coronavirus. Families having to talk to each other and look at each other again and sit down for a meal. Kids coming home for homeschool and the parents having to learn how to do that and then bonding with their children and having this enriching relationship with them. People learning alternative medicines people really getting into the informational wavelength of this and figuring out where we're at in all of it, you know? I mean, there were a lot of blessings that came out of it. So we need to be looking for the blessings in all things, in all ways, in order to rewire, reprogram how we use our thoughts because our thoughts are what create. And if you can't control your thoughts, then you're not controlling your creation. It's just happening willy-nilly because of whatever's firing off in your brain. And yes, it really does happen that way. There is science behind it. And I'm going to share some video clips in a little bit to back this up. So don't allow things that you hear like on social media or the news to keep you in fear or worry because they're just trying all ways possible to distract you from the hope, unity, and real change that your thought process could actually be creating if you could put your focus and attention, your actionable creations over here rather than over there in their basket, okay? Do a check-in with your logical mind regularly. And I mean, do a check-in with your intuition checking let your intuition check your logical mind and keep it in check. Keep it in check. It's important. <clears throat> if you want to be an active participant in the creation story that we are all a part of, whether we're aware or unaware, it's a fact backed by science stamped by God's approval. He's the one that gave us the seal to begin with. Read it in your Bible. It's in Genesis. You have God within you. That means you are a creator. Took the rest of it out so that you could be controlled and not know. If you want to be an active participant, then you need to focus on sending out love, hope, and protection in a very conscious and aware way. And that means minding your thoughts. That doesn't mean just sit down at the end of the day and do a little prayer. 
or to be a Pollyanna and stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend like things aren't happening because things are happening all around us, ladies and gentlemen. They're happening all around us, good things and bad things, moves and counter moves. This is a spiritual war. Learn to play the game so that you can win. We can all win for the good, for God, the planet, and all of humanity. So when I say send out your love, hope, and protection, I mean use your abilities and your power to create, which begins <clears throat> with knowing thyself. It begins with controlling your thought, being consciously aware of it at all times, present in the moment. Slow down, be aware, see your surroundings, know that you can alter outcomes in all ways. And I'm not saying to pray and beg and plead or ask for these things to happen. In order for you to stand in your full power, just like God told me about bringing my 10-year-old daughter back to life from her car wreck, I already know what to do, but it has to be zero doubt. If you're asking, begging, or pleading, you're not at zero doubt. You're at a lot of doubt. You are giving up free will. You're giving up your choice to take control of your creator ability through thought, through your thought process. That is your key to the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, control your thoughts. Mind your thoughts. <clears throat> Don't give in to any of the propagandized information that's being spewed out left and right everywhere. Do not do that in any form. And stop following those on YouTube, social media platforms, wherever they're at, that are not giving you something of value that improves you. And yes, we all have free will. If you really want to Go spend your time listening to people who are spreading fear, spreading negativity, even if they're people you like and you feel like, oh, they're just telling us the truth about what's going on in current affairs. No, I need you to stop and think for a minute. Think about that. If they're not adding anything of value to that for you to grow, for you to truly take away from it, other than a bunch of information news, they're not helping you. And you're not helping yourself. That's the way it is. And I know a lot of things I've been saying lately. I'm not um, being. I'm not being uh, admired for them. I, I'm at a loss for the word I'm trying to say here because I've lost a lot of followers lately in being so candid about really trying to think for yourselves. But if any of you followed our 17th letter of the alphabet there, that's exactly what they were trying to teach you all along. Think for yourself. Not go find new people to follow and listen to them and all their garbage that they're spewing out that's really not benefiting you personally. You know, if it's not going to benefit you personally, your energy and focus should be somewhere that will so that we can all get to a place of some level of control over our creation in this game regardless of what level we're all on if we all have that level of understanding it doesn't matter what level we're on because united we are still forced to be reckoned and that's what we need you need to step up to the plate and become a team player. So, as I said earlier, moves and counter moves. 
There's lots of that going on. And before I get into that any further, I'm going to do a share screen. Oh my gosh, hold on. Let me, let me undo that because I forgot to do the audio part. Hi, Sally. Now, let me do it again. I want to share the sound. start with Michael Sala. Michael Sala did a video the other day where he is talking about how they've been manipulating humanity through time travel. And a lot of this pertains to this whole understanding of our thoughts and how we are creators. They've manipulated us so much that we don't realize anymore who we are. Um, just a second, and let me find that right. In 1910, Albert Einstein and the German theoretical physicist Arnold Sommerfeld first proposed a time travel device called a tachyonic anti-telephone that could telegraph signals into the past using faster-than-light particles called tachyons. Five years later, Albert Einstein published his general theory of relativity, which showed gravity was a property of space-time. His discovery meant if a way could be found to manipulate gravitational fields, time could be slowed down, sped up, or even reversed. In 1919, Maria Orsic, a highly talented psychic, received communications from human-looking extraterrestrials from the Aldebaran star system with instructions for building a space-time device which could be used for interstellar travel. This flying saucer used high-voltage electrostatics and torsion fields to manipulate gravitational fields, thereby moving the craft and its crew backward and forward in time. Orsic received financial backing to build the first space-time flying saucer prototypes from powerful figures within prominent German secret societies in the Weimar Republic throughout the 1920s. The resulting Vril flying saucers were to be used by civilians for peaceful scientific purposes. When Adolf Hitler and the Nazis came to power in 1933, he immediately started the process of classifying Orsic and the Vril Society's space-time research as an urgent national security matter and brought it under the control of Heinrich Himmler's Nazi SS. The Nazis planned to weaponize space-time research to achieve world domination and were helped by an aggressive group of extraterrestrials called Draco Reptilians who initiated contact with the Nazis and soon after reached agreements with Hitler. The Dracos, along with another off-world organization from the Orion constellation, planned to use the Nazis as a proxy for achieving galactic domination. To this end, the Draco gave the Nazis one of their abandoned underground facilities in Antarctica, which the Nazis expanded to develop fleets of anti-gravity spacecraft that could travel through space-time. The German secret space program emerged, ultimately run by German secret societies with the Nazis providing personnel and infrastructure. If left unchallenged, their dark fleet would have led to the Earth becoming 
the epicenter of a galactic tyranny emerging 350 years in the future. Thus began a temporal war involving the Germans with their Draco and Orion partners pitted against an alliance of freedom-loving extraterrestrial organizations, including the Ashtar Command, the Andromeda Council, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, and select Earth organizations such as the U.S. Navy. Both sides used their assets, exotic technologies, and temporal agents to either bring about or end a future one-world government that would be secretly dominated by the Antarctic Germans under secret society oversight and their alien allies, a.k.a. the Dark Alliance. In 1943, the US Navy was helped by Albert Einstein in experiments using high-voltage electrostatics and torsion fields. The Philadelphia experiment was the first US effort to manipulate space-time and was a dismal failure. It would be decades before the US was ready to resume time travel experiments. Former Nazi scientists who entered the US under Operation Paperclip secretly worked with their Antarctic German partners to prevent, sabotage and delay breakthroughs in time travel and secret space program technologies for the US Navy and its international allies. In 1954, the Bilderberg Group was created. It would become the chief instrument for the Dark Alliance to achieve its agenda by long-term planning and manipulation of human institutions through time travel and other exotic technologies. In the late 1950s, Father Pellegrino Annetti developed a time machine called the Chronovisor. He used it to view historical events such as the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and future timelines of interest to the Vatican. A top-secret Jesuit-led organization within the Vatican began to use the Chronovisor for intelligence-gathering operations. In the mid-1960s, Father Onetti's time machine was handed off by the Vatican to the Central Intelligence Agency, which planned to use it as the ultimate intelligence-gathering tool. The CIA and the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency Forerunner created Project Pegasus, in which young children were used for time travel experiments beginning in 1967. A popular television show called Time Tunnel, which aired for one season from 1966 to 1967, was used as a cover to hide the truth in plain sight. The Montauk Project ran from 1971 to 1984 and involved time travel experiments with up to 300,000 children. German paperclip scientists were heavily involved in time travel experiments at Montauk, which ended catastrophically. Now, I just want to pause that there for a moment, just to add to from my own personal knowledge of doing this research that by the 70s mid late 70s they were no longer um, abducting children in the same sense of the word to where they went missing forget uh, there are many children who were in projects like MK Ultra and MK Ultra as well um, myself included who would be picked up by a man in a van at school, um, a collection of specific children who the school had monitored and thought they were doing a favor to us children as prodigy students. They were reporting it to the government and then the government was passing that on to these um, projects that were then, you know, coming and getting us by the van loads and removing us from school during the day, our parents didn't even know that this was happening. They were totally unaware. And uh, also in daycare, I, this was even happening to me when I was four and five years old in daycare before I started public school, where they would come in the van and pick us up, a select few children, 
they were, you know, gifted, prodigy children, which was the whole reason that my dad would say, you know, don't, don't let them know, don't tell people what you know. And so I wouldn't give them my full ability of skill. I would give them a little bit, you know, to sort of stay out of trouble, if you will. And um, other than that, I was observing, observing, being aware, learning my thoughts. Okay, I've got a point to all this, so bear with me. Why does this actual history of time travel experiments matter today? Over the last decade, the Dark Alliance has suffered significant losses due to intervention by positive extraterrestrial organizations and has been forced to leave our solar system. Yet now, this is where people that we would call volunteers or starseeds also play a role. Many of us, 144,000, um, are fully aware, or at least close to fully aware, of our potentiality and have been learning it and gaining it as we grow for this moment. Those were the children, if you will, who came here with a knowing of something big playing out happening um, by the time we got to this point of the Great Awakening. Um, now, granted, a lot of them were mind swiped by the men in black people with the crazy wand uh, that looks like a really long, narrow cell phone with a handle. Um, so a lot of them were sort of mind swiped on remembering why they were here. And so they are really what you would kind of think of as like a sleeper cell for the good guys, if you will, because they're asleep, right? And the Great Awakening is about coming out of your slumber and realizing who you are and why you're here. And um, some of you are gonna get this and others are just catching up and learning and feeling like an outsider. And I don't want anyone to feel alone in this because we're all in this together, okay? Um, and again, bear with me because all of this time travel, controlling your thoughts, other people controlling your thoughts, manipulating you, propaganda, it's all gonna, I'm gonna wrap it into a nice little package here in the end, okay? Their human minions continue to possess powerful time travel and other exotic technologies which they have been using to maintain their dwindling power over the Earth's population. The Bilderberg Group continues its efforts to bring about a one-world superstate and uses its significant global assets time surveillance and temporal agents to prevent the rest of humanity from awakening to the truth. Now you see why I'm always pushing this? You see why I'm always trying to get you to wake up to your full potential and to hear me when I'm telling you that I can teach you this and you can learn it quickly and you can be on top of your game because we are in a spiritual war. This is biblical times that we're in. This is our quote unquote end times. And I want to just say really quick also, something for you to think about. Do you think that prophecy from the Bible and other places was written for you to merely give up free will and choice in the matter and just sit back and watch it happen the way that it is written? Or do you think that this great awakening is so that you can all come to terms with the fact that you're a creator, a co-creator, a collective creator, and that if we stay asleep like these people on this screen, the prophecy plays out exactly the way it's written. But if you wake up, we can take control of that again, and we can change the outcome. A military intelligence group that worked at the highest level of the Trump administration also used time travel technology to outmaneuver the deep state. Both sides continue to possess similar sophisticated technologies for planning their future actions, the ultimate result of which is still unfolding. Through influential billionaires such as George Soros and Bill Gates, 
The deep state has been using time surveillance technologies to plan a strategy to effectively subvert democratic institutions in the US, European Union and other major nations. Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum is a key part of the deep state's last desperate actions in the temporal war to bring about a centralized one-world government and to bring back their former Draco and Orion overlords. Transhumanism is another key part of the temporal war where the deep state hopes to bioengineer humanity 2.0 through manipulated health crises and solutions using a problem-reaction-solution model. Meanwhile, off-world members of the Dark Alliance are plotting to return to Earth to assist their former minions. A false flag alien invasion may be used to bring about the Deep State's final act to maintain power and to bring back their alien allies. Meanwhile, an Earth Alliance working with positive extraterrestrial organizations have been patiently playing their own cards to bring the temporal war to an end and usher in a Star Trek future for humanity. Learn more. Dr. Michael Sala is the world's leading authority on exopolitics. Visit his website exopolitics.org for the latest articles and podcasts. These are always free to the public. For those who want to dive into this topic even deeper, introducing an all-new webinar intensive. Okay, we'll stop right there. And if you all are interested in all of what Michael Sala is offering, I encourage you to go and check it out. Now, um, that's a good place to end for now. I believe this is ran right over an hour. So I'm going to end it here for part one and we'll pick up and do part two um, talking about the temporal warfare a little further before we get in and a little more about time travel too as well um, before I come back around to thought and do you control your thoughts or do you allow them to? Um, this is all for a reason. It's all for a, a great purpose on their bad side and the good side so um, I hope you tune in for part two and I want to just close by saying again that on this journey we are all here to awaken our inner truths we walk the same path yet no two stories are ever the same we are connected as one through our collective consciousness Although every single sacred soul is individually unique, I deeply honor each and every one of you and your soul energy. This path is challenging. Trust me, I know. I know. But you've been put here at this very moment in time because of your courage and your strength and your ability to change anything. And it's all for the greater good of humanity, our precious Mother Earth, the future, the timelines. Ascension means changing us in order to change that future timeline. One where our children and our children's children will truly honestly know a world of harmony and balance and knowing thyself again. We paved the road. We are the way showers. We are the light for all here on earth, for all creations of life. It truly is very special. And with all of our intentions set together with love respect, peace, harmony, and balance. Good will prevail. I thank you for being a part of the greatest story 
of unity and truth to ever be told and will be told for eons to come. Thank you very much for joining me and I hope that you tune in for part two of this episode. I love you all in blessings of love and light. See you soon.